17 million homes that have availability for this show tonight and will pay $20, hopefully, for the privilege to see you guys do what you have done for three and a half years. Thank Terry Funk for all he's done for this company, for help putting us on the map, for being unselfish in selfish times, for taking the young guys and showing them a better way. Tonight we have a chance to say, yeah, you're right. We're too extreme, we're too wild, we're too out of control, we're too full of our own shit. Or we have a chance to say, hey, fuck you, you're wrong. Fuck you, we're right. Because you have all made it to the dance. Because believe me, this is the dance. Strike the show. Hey, this is Mr. Anderson Anderson, and you are listening to Two Out of Three Falls. Hey, everyone. Welcome to a new edition or an extra edition of the Two Out of Three Falls podcast here on the Cruise Control Podcast. I am your host, Randy Cruz. You can follow me on Twitter at Randy J. Cruz. R-E-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And we just did a NXT WrestleMania weekend, Raw SmackDown review earlier in the week with Mark Raimondi from MMAfighting.com and Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report. So it is on the site on SoundCloud and iTunes. Give us a follow. Give us a rate, a comment, a download. Um, subscribe to the podcast. We would greatly appreciate your support. You can follow the show on Twitter at 2 out of 3 Falls Pod. You can follow me on Twitter, Randy Cruz, at Randy J. Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. You can follow Graham Matthews at WrestleRant and Mark underscore Raimondi on Twitter. So as we went off the air uh, early in the week with the, the recap show for WrestleMania and me being a big fan on wrestling anniversaries of a match, of a pay-per-view, you know, stuff like that, I remember that this week, uh, April 13th would be the 21-year anniversary of ECW's first ever pay-per-view, which was Barely Legal, no point intended, Barely Legal was the name of the event back on April 13th, 1997. Also on April 13th, which would make 20 years uh, anniversary, which I will get to later on, would, would be the... I guess so-called main event between Stone Cold and, and Vince McMahon on Monday Night Raw where I believe that that episode of Raw from April 13th, 1998 was the first Raw to beat Nitro in the, in, in the Monday Night War ratings in over two years. So I guess, you know, Nitro won 83, 84 weeks in a row. And then this Raw comes on with Stone Cold and, and Mr. McMahon being advertised as the main event for, for the title. And they beat WCW Nitro in the ratings for the first time in over two years. And we all know the story after that. But it was, the, I guess, the, the breaking point of like, hey, we, we, we finally got one against, uh, against Nitro. So going to bring that up later on real briefly about that. But mainly... I, I'm doing this extra show this week to pay homage to, uh, 
a guy who I'm a big fan of, Paul Heyman, ECW creator, legend, um, all the names you want to put there just to describe him and what he was able to do and able to accomplish with ECW and now, you know, with the anniversary uh, coming up to bring everybody barely legal, 1997, the first ever pay-per-view from ECW, and they gave us countless others for, I think, four or five years after that. Um, so one, those who have not ever heard of or seen ECW's Barely Legal, go ahead, check it out on the network. They also got Heat Wave and, and November to Remember, Wrestlepalooza, um, Hardcore Heaven, Living Dangerously. You can go check it out and, and watch the countless classic matches, you know, with Sabu and Rob Van Dam and Taz and Shane Douglas and so on and so forth. But I'm here to just to uh, pay homage to the anniversary of barely, of barely legal, but kind of rewind back, you know, uh, you know, ECW, you know, I, I, I do live in New York and ECW hardcore TV you know, used to be on late night here in New York around 1, 2 o'clock at night, um, flipping the channels. And it, it was it was shown on the MSG network. So um, it was it was it was a channel that I did have back in the day. You know, we're going back 21 years. But one day flipping through the channels and I came across ECW. Again, I was a big WWF fan at the time. I was watching WCW as well with the whole NWO invasion. So I was a fan of both. I was watching Raw and Nitro. Um, but one day just watching late night TV and I come across Extreme Championship Wrestling. Never heard of it, never seen it. And, and it just, it was very captivating to see what was going on. Or what were they, you know, presenting and how they were presenting their product and I never heard of Rob Van Dam. I never heard of Shane Douglas. I, I, I never heard of Paul Heyman. I never heard of Sabu and Taz. And, you know, it was just um, you became a fan real quick because, again, it was new. It was innovative. It wasn't what you were seeing on, you know, on, on, on Monday Night Raw or Nitro before. You know, Raw, back in that time, you had a lot of cartoonish characters. Um a lot of ocup um, occupational wrestlers with Duke the Dumpster Drozzy and Dwink the Clown and you had the Smoking Guns and you had all these weird characters and it's like, you know, a far difference, a big time difference from what they were doing prior in the 80s with Hogan, Andre, Macho, Warrior and now you get these cartoonish characters uh, portraying to a younger audience, a, a younger demographic at that time so now when you see ECW and you see barbed wire, you see tables, you see blood, you see chairs and tables and ladders. And it's like, holy shit, like, what the fuck is this? And you couldn't keep your eye off it. You had to you had to tune in every week and you see the promos with with Paul Heyman, with the cell phone and the the, the legendary snapback hat. I, Listen, if Paul Heyman ever hears this episode, one, I greatly appreciate him doing so. He doesn't have to do that. Two, if there's any 
ECW snapback hats available in his house or somewhere. I would love to have one of those. I, I would wear it all the time. Just me showing that I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of ECW, a big fan of Paul Heyman. I'm, I'm, I am a Paul Heyman guy. There you go. So, Paul, if you hear this, you have any more snapbacks, uh, white, black, red, it, it doesn't matter what color. I would wear it. I would support ECW because I've always been a fan of, of the company um, for so long. So, me being here in New York watching MSG, you saw the product. You watch it. You see the promos. You see new, new and up and coming guys. They were known for that. They had Jericho's, the Rey Mysterio's, Dean Malenko's, Eddie Guerrero's. Uh, even Steve Austin went down there with the long blonde hair doing the promos on 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 Hulk Hogan. It, it was just, and also Eric Bischoff. It was it was it was just like a breath of fresh air from what you were seeing um, typically every week from the WWF and WCW. So um, you keep watching and you, you learn what's going on. Then at the time they didn't have pay-per-views and um, it, it's just, you wanted to see them like, Hey man, like when are you guys going to do a major pay-per-view? And I guess when you see Paul Heyman's documentary on the network, um, you learn the ins and outs of the business of, trying to keep ECW afloat. and they, they did not have the money like Bischoff with Turner and like McMahon. Um, they had more money. They had the TV time, the air time, the, the merchandise, and they can really do what they want, but ECW couldn't. And they, they tried effortlessly to, to, to bring you a great product that could be different, innovative, counterculture for what you were used to seeing. And trying to get enough money to or, or to get a a cable company, a, a pay per view company to say, hey, you, you know, we would love to broadcast your pay per view, um, you know, once a month. And when the time came for ECW's uh, barely legal, uh, again, this is 1997. This is the Monday Night War time, and ECW was, you know, in the middle of it as well. You saw ECW. On Raw a few times, you saw uh, Paul Heyman on Raw, you saw a couple of their guys come on Raw, and a couple of the WWF guys go on ECW, so they were, you know, working together as well, so you you, you caught a glimpse of who they were, where they're from, um, I think even the, the, the In Your House Mind Games in, in Philadelphia back in September of 96, you saw some ECW people in the front row, so you, 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 you knew... A, a, a lot about them from 95, uh, 1996 and on. So now you finally get a pay-per-view. You get Billy Legal and, and you, know, f- you know, quiet as kept. At that time, I knew someone who had the free cable box. So <laughs> I was watching every pay-per-view, every boxing match, every everything on, on, on free uh free pay-per-view at the time and I say you know I I, I gotta check this out this is all I've been seeing um, every week Saturday night 2 o'clock in the morning MSG I love what I see but now it's time to to, 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 to do the show um, and it was great you know for those again for those who haven't seen it you you, you definitely gotta check it out a lot of um, a lot of classic stuff you see on there you got Raven you got Terry Funk on there 
um, for uh, for the world uh, world title. You get Taz and Sabu, which was dope. Um, you get Shane Douglas uh, against Pitbull number two for the world television title. You get Rob Van Dam and Lance Storm, the Eliminators, the Dudley Boys. I can't believe I forgot about them. The the the, the Dudley Boys. For the tag team championship, seven matches on the card. Um, it would, it would, it was wild. It was crazy. Um, again, different. Well, April '97 at that time, WrestleMania 13 was like a month before that. Um, Uncensored was probably before that. So you you look at those events, and then you look at barely legal, and I tell you, it's it's a complete 360 of what what uh, of what you see uh, of what you've been, you know, accustomed to seeing. So totally different, out the box, innovative, counterculture, not, not giving a shit. They do what they want. They go on top of the balcony and they jump on, they jump on down on the table. The crowd goes crazy and they, and, and they chant ECW, ECW the whole night. And it goes to show you how, how, imp- how impactful, ECW was and still is today because when when Paul Heyman cuts a promo or whatever or, or whenever they're in Philadelphia, fans in the arena still chant ECW ECW ECW. Even 21 years after barely, barely legal and probably 20 plus years uh, since they started, they still chant ECW in the crowd. Um, I think overall a, a great pay per view is is one of my favorite favorite pay per views of ECW. I I really have to go back and watch it, um, and all the other ones that follow like like Heat Wave and Living Dangerously, Hardcore Heaven, um, November to Remember. So for those who hear this and are a fan of the show, I'm pretty sure you, you you're gonna hear this and be like, hey man, I I gotta check out. Every pay-per-view that Randy is mentioning because it, it definitely has been a while. So I'm not going to sit here and say, I just saw Billy Legal last night, which I haven't. So it's been a while. But from what I remember, it was a, a well-put-together pay-per-view. And, and for the most part, I think the most iconic part is when Paul Heyman gives the whole crew a speech about, you know, I'm paraphrasing, this is our time. Let's do this. Um... You know, fuck them and everything. And he they, he was going crazy. He was very motivational, and at that time they were like, Let, "Let's go out and and show what. Let's go out and show what what we can do." And they did that. And I know the company folded back in on one f- four years after this pay per view. Uh, was it was a constant struggle to keep the company afloat and and, and pay the 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 performers, but. For what they did, and it is still a long-lasting impact. Even today, when people chant NXT, NXT in, in, in a small arena, and they had that little cliche niche audience, it, it definitely reminds me of a young and early ECW just without all the barbed wire, tables, ladders, and chairs. But NXT is a big resemblance of EC, I think NXT is more like a modern day ECW without all the extreme wrestling. So um, they did their invasion in WWF in, in, in 97. 
I, I definitely mentioned that. So you, you kind of got a chance to see who they were and where they from. Right in the middle of the Monday Night War. Um, again, it wasn't WWF versus WCW versus ECW, but a lot of their guys that they had went to WWF, went to WCW. So the talent pool they had, they had the Jerichos, they had the Rey Mysterios, they had the, the two Cold Scorpio Flash Funk guy, they had the Dudley Boys, they had um, Steve Austin, they had D. Malenko, Eddie Guerrero, uh, the list goes on and on and on, uh, uh, Just Incredible, Raven. So a lot of these guys you saw on ECW television in 94, 5, 6, and 7 ended up in WCW, ended up in WWF. So even with that, hey, without ECW, do you get Jericho in WCW? Do you get Rey Mysterio there? Do you get Malenko and these guys? Probably not. So with that, with, with that being said, that point right there shows you, shows you the long-lasting impact um, that ECW has. And Jericho is still wrestling today, and, and this is 21 years ago. Rey Mysterio is still wrestling today, and that was 21 years ago. Malenko is doing uh, backstage work with the WWE. Um, it, it's just, just a long-lasting impact. That, that'll never be conquered. It'll never be changed. Um, people could say that, you know, the NWO and WCW changed the landscape, but ECW changed the landscape too. It brought a lot of that hardcore um, infrastructure into WWF with the hardcore title. A lot of these uh, TLC matches with Edge and Christian Dudleys and the Hardys, like that, you know, that's the, that's the ECW influence right there. And that'll be that'll never be match. And it, it, I, I I feel like without that, without Paul Heyman's influence, what kind of wrestling business do we have today? Still cookie cutter, up and down, cartoon characters, occupational wrestlers, or... Changing up, having an attitude, pre-attitude era. You know, ECW had the attitude for wrestling before the attitude era. Like they do, they knew what they were doing. They they just didn't have the TV time to bring it to the masses. You know, you can only be in Philadelphia for so long, and while Raw and, and, and I'm gonna say SmackDown, Raw and Nitro are going town to town, city to city to city every week. Being on TNT, being on the USA Network, that that's seven, six, seven, eight million people watching WCW and the WWF back in the day. Just imagine if ECW had Fox or Spike TV or TNN, whatever it, whatever it was back in the day. Anything like that could have helped out. But um, I just wanted to pay homage to ECW's first pay per view. Barely legal, 1997, April 13th, 1997. And just to thank Paul Heyman for his contribution to the wrestling business, his his, his great work with ECW. Uh, even before, he, he, you know, even before he, him being, um, you know, the guy for the, the, the reigning defending champion Brock Lesnar now, he was Paulie Dangerously. 
You see him with the snapback, the long, uh, you know, ponytail hair, the beard, the giant cell phone, the dangerous alliance. Like those were the days, man. Those were the days, and you know, and we, we fast forward 21 years later. Paul still doing a great job with the company with Brock Lesnar, um, always entertaining the fans, always very cordial and professional. I, I met him. I've met Paul a few times. At a couple shows, um, takes pictures with with everybody, says hello to everybody, greets everybody. Uh, again, takes every picture too. He 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 doesn't leave until every person is satisfied. Whether you're at an event, a podcast show, whatever it is, if he's there, you ask him. More than likely, he'll grant you um, a picture, autograph, whatever it is. So another time that I've met him. Uh, I, I met him wearing a Paul Heyman guy shirt, and I asked him for a picture, and he said, "Oh man, you you you're wearing a Paul Heyman guy shirt. I, I gotta get a picture with you." So when you meet these guys, and they get bombarded everywhere they go, just for them to recognize you and acknowledge you as a fan of, of their work and their craft, uh, definitely means a lot, and definitely goes a long way. So. Um, Big props to ECW's barely legal anniversary for 21-year anniversary. Go ahead, check it out on the WWE Network and all the other pay-per-views that they've had. Before I sign off, we also have the 20-year anniversary of when Austin McMahon, uh, you know, it was advertised as a match. The match did not take place. Do Love interrupted the whole thing. McMahon said, oh, Austin, I thought, you, I thought you said you could beat me with one arm tied behind your back. They tied Austin's arm, the, the, the right arm, and they were going to get it on. It, it was for the WWF Championship, and I think that was the night that Monday Night Raw finally beat Nitro in the ratings. It was like 83, 83, 84 weeks in a row. They finally did it. Uh, I'm not sure if they won the following week or whatever, but I, I, that was like the one in you know indent. Like oh shit! Like they Monday Night Raw beat us. So when you put Austin McMahon in the main event, you hype it up. They hyped it up in the beginning, in the middle, where, where McMahon says, "Oh hell yeah, I'll fight Stone Cold Steve Austin for the title." Um, then Do Love comes out and you know. Destroys that main event, but I think for those, I, I would say the 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 feud with Stone Cold and Do Love Do Love that followed that is very underrated. They had a match at Unforgiven '98 and Over the Edge '98 back to back pay per views. I mean, look, you know, God forbid nowadays Rusev and Randy Orton fight uh, or Gender and Randy Orton fight back-to-back pay-per-views, the crowd would just give them no chance. But back then, you had Do Love and Stone Cold back-to-back main events for for the championship. And I think that was very underrated. Um, a very underrated rivalry. Two good matches, a lot of hype, a lot of hoopla, storylines going in. Stone uh, McMahon did not want Stone Cold to be the champion anymore. So he'll have a Do Love, a Mankind, a Taker, Kane, the Rock Corporation, Thrown at Stone Cold for for months 
to try to get him to be to to lose the world title. So I thought overall, it, you know, when you see that raw with, with um Stone Cold McMahon hyping up for the for the main event for the title, it's different than what you than what you see now. They start off hot. They keep the storyline going in the middle. They thread it all throughout. So you at home, the viewer, would not have to change the channel or go to WCW Nitro to watch what they were doing, which I don't even know what it was at, uh, at, at the time. But they kept you engaged. They told you what was going to happen. Stay tuned. World title, McMahon, Austin. And then when it came down to it, I don't even know the rating, but four, five, maybe six million people saw that that Monday Night Raw and it beat Nitro in the rating for the first time in over two years. So uh, many people think that contributing to like the, the, the tide turning was Tyson, WrestleMania 14, the Attitude Era, Mick Foley winning the world title against The Rock with Shivani said, you know, that'll keep everybody in the seats. And then over 700,000 people shifted to, to Raw and they won the rating for that. So, but I think this Raw w- was was monumental to kind of like, hey, can we, can we get one? And when they finally got one, it was like, all right, how do we build from this? How do we, we may not win back to back, but how do we keep this momentum where four or five, six, uh, four or five, six million people are, are watching this on a consistent basis. And they kept it going. They eventually won the Monday Night War, as, as everybody knows. Um, so those who have no idea what I'm talking about or, ha- or haven't seen it in a while, go ahead and check it out. It's on the network. Go to Raw Replays and go to 98 April, April 13th, and you'll see the kind of Monday Night Raw that used to happen back in the days. A lot of hype and hoopla and promotion and this and that and getting everybody on the card. I think I think Raw was two hours at the time, so it was a lot different than what you see now with three hours. But it was the main storyline. It was in the beginning, in the middle, in the end. They threaded all throughout the show. They kept you engaged. And they said, hey, find out what's happening next week. And you as a fan kept tuning in next week and the following, the following, following weeks where eventually one Raw was 8 million people watching. And I think that was in 1999. So uh, I wanted to pay homage to that too. So ECW, Barely Legal, 21-year anniversary. Austin McMahon, main event on Raw that, 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 that finally won in the ratings against Nitro. 20-year anniversary uh, of that Raw, both on April 13th, 97 and 98. You can go ahead and check it out. On the network, you can follow me on Twitter at Randy J Cruz, R-A-N-D-Y, the letter J-C-R-U-Z. And you can follow my two other co-hosts, Graham Matthews from Bleacher Report at WrestleRant and Mark underscore Remondi from MMAFighting.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at 2 out of 3 Falls Pod. Thank you. I'm out.